<laughs> leading us off toe deep into Black History Month. Right. All right. If you like Taste Test and you want to keep the music digestion sessions going every week and get some exclusive bonus content, stick around afterwards for details. But first, let's start the show. It is time to have a taste. Have a taste. Have a taste. Welcome to Taste Test Live, this weekly music podcast features in-depth discussion on culture, the influence of music, passion-filled opinions, and hot topics, along with interviews by creatives, changemakers, and artisans. My name is Damian Lamar, your host. What's jazzing? Hey. Welcome back. We're back. It's another week, and we're officially uh, almost like, I would say, toe deep into Black History Month. Mm -hmm. Not knee deep. Not even Mm. ankle deep yet. (laughs) But we're we're deep. We're deep. We're deep. In Black Mm -hmm. History Month. Right. So uh, this week I'm joined in the studio with my co-host Blue Francois and MJ Baker, and I'm very, very, very excited Mm. about the show and what's on board for you to taste over the next half hour or so. In addition to our music digestion session, along with our segment, Put This In Your Mouth, we have a special guest joining us in the studio. Welcome, Krista Fatu. Hey. Hello. (laughs) How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. I am so excited that you are finally behind a microphone. Yes. Yay. We finally can ask you all these questions that have been uh, brewing in our minds Ooh, for like. years. <laughs> because all of us admire your craft. Aww. We admire your artistry. We Thank admire you. your blackness. Thank you. And we appreciate you for contributing to the culture known as Jacksonville, Florida. So, <laughs> yeah, we're going to invite you, if you will, um, to the next segment. We have a Put This In Your Mouth segment. And it's one of Blue's favorite segments. And we actually have, uh, I've got like some hot topics and a few <laughs> other items of discussion that may pique our interest, things that have happened in the last week or so. And um, this is a good time to dive in and, as Blue would say, put this in your mouth slowly. <laughs> if you see Krista's face right now, I was not expecting that. Right, <laughs> slowly. slowly was part, yeah. Yeah. That was a little, I think I, this way. might consider to be explicit because you said slowly. Slow, yeah. Can we say slowly? Oh my gosh, we should Ooh, be. Oh, now that I think about it. Uh. <laughs> you want it quick? <laughs> Wait. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So, what's the first item on the agenda tonight, my friend? Well, oh man, um, I'm a big, I'm a big Chuck Berry fan, and um, I felt like you know over the time they uh, didn't give him his credit as being someone who, um, you know, created that rock and roll sound. Mm-hmm. And so, um, right now, um, PBS is going to be airing. Um, um, a special where they pay tribute and homage to him and they're going to feature people like uh, the Beatles, the Rolling Stone, Bruce Springsteen, Jimi Hendrix and they got like rare footage of them playing together and you know a lot of y'all don't know that Chuck Berry is someone who wrote a lot of hits for a lot of our rock icons and he didn't get credit to as of you know maybe the last 20 years but during the time he was like writing a lot of the hits for he wrote some songs for the Beatles like all these people that's going to be featured in there um, they're going to finally give him his just due and his credit um, wow. so, so wow. it's going to be airing on PBS uh, February 29th and again they're going to it's going to be like some rare exclusive footage that they, they have gathered from Jimi Hendrix Bruce, Bruce Springsteen the Rolling Stones, the Beatles, and then they, they're going to actually show him performing and him working with these these iconic bands, and uh, and y'all probably, you know, give an insight on um, him, you know, being who he is, because, you know, I, I I didn't know that he actually inspired these people, you know, just, you know, I was, that that was way before my time, so anyway, so I look forward to seeing that. Um, I'm excited about that. Yeah, so that's going to be really dope. Um, next, uh, people are very upset, and I listened to the song, and I didn't get offended, but um, Hot97.com reported that uh, people are very angry at Nicki Minaj for the lyrics she used on her song, and she just sampled it um, the other day on Instagram, and I'm not going to read all of it, but she pretty much said, um, all of you are Rosa Parks, get your up. And um, people felt like by her releasing it during Black History Month, it was like a marketing ploy. And very, people were very upset with that, that little wordplay, you know. Um, I thought it was kind of catchy, but people did get offended by it. Hmm. <laughs> Any comments? <laughs> Move. Uh, you know what? Well, I mean, I, 
I need to know a little bit more context about what what her reasoning yeah, is for putting that out. I am too. Yeah, I mean, just off off top, it probably was poor taste. But I don't. But then she's Nicki Minaj, so I don't. I mean, how seriously do we take <laughs> Did that, some right. of these lyrics a lot of times? Because it's just about the cleverness of wordplay. Right. Exactly. You know. Yeah. So I don't know if I would have been offended, but I would more be like, I I wouldn't say that. Because most most hip hop, I mean most explicit hip hop mm-hmm. could be offensive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh so, yeah. You know, there's a lot of a lot of things that are exp- <laughs> offensive. So like I think we all everybody the, the the society seems to be overly sensitive about everything lately. Right. And it could be mm-hmm. that. But it I think I need a little bit more context before I can kind of like have a, yeah. have a little story about, you know. Well, I was just reading the lyrics that you that mm-hmm. you um, sent over real quick, and it just seems like it's like the typical Nicki Minaj saying how she's better than everybody else. People talking and mm-hmm. got they. I mean, this is what I'm gathering from these from the lyrics until it gets up to that one verse mm-hmm. that you're discussing. So to me, it's like what she's saying in that verse is don't sit down. Like for all of y'all who just sitting and waiting for something to happen. <laughs> Get up. Right, right. Okay. Get Basically. Up. See, that that's probably more enlightening. That's the context yeah. of what she's saying. Like she's setting some fire under some butts. Correct. Okay. okay. You yeah, should be so, a for Nikki. So, like, I mean, so like Krista <laughs> said, it's like, you know, but I just feel like people are being too sensitive. Be too sensitive. Yeah, that's, that's what's going on. So. Everybody's. Real yeah. quick, I'm not a big fan. I'm not a big fan. But as y'all know, Super Bowl uh, Sunday happened, and mm-hmm. I, will, I watched maybe... I watched majority of the game. Um, I'm not those particular teams that played, but again, um, our first black, uh, no, the third black uh, quarterback won Super Bowl. His name is uh, Patrick Mahomes, and um, the Kansas. So, congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs for winning Super Bowl. Congrats. Um, well, you know that Jay Z is part of the NFL. He's like a, uh, you know, he's a partner, and Wendy Williams went off on him, saying that he should have stood up, and I was kind of like. According to Hollywood Life, on Monday episode of the Winnie Williams Show, the talk show Maven discussed Super Bowl um, 51. During her Hot Topics segment, she shared a strong reaction to the photos of the couple sitting down with daughter Blue Ivy as Demi Lovato sang the anthem. And she pretty much said, if y'all don't like the country, y'all can leave. And I'm like, you got... That's your opinion on them because they just sat down? But we've heard that line before, too. Yeah. That like, one's old. Now, nah, I was though. offended by her response. Like, if I'm somewhere, I know there's been places, like, even in church, like, sometimes they'll say, you know, when, you know, you know, I'll just, I'll, I'll remain seating. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then sometimes somebody might look away. Or oh, I used to feel bad when I was younger that I was sitting down. But, you know, sometimes you just want to sit. You're tired. You don't know what people be going through. You just sit down and enjoy it. At least you're there, you know, type thing. Right. And for them, I just think that they. What, I mean, what about the white people that were sitting in front of them that were sitting down? Right, huh? right. <laughs> exactly. I, that, okay. I there, just there, don't. There's think. My they, two said, cents. they said it was a whole section of people that were around them that was sitting down that yeah. were not just them, but Correct. it was everybody else. Right. Yeah. You know, and I just, you know, for me, I just feel like Wendy Williams is all about garnering a story. So I just feel like she picks stuff up and run and with, it. Run well, that's with what, it. That's what she used it's, to do in, in, in radio. You yeah. Know? Go back and listen to Wendy Williams and Whitney Houston interview, Wendy Williams and Erica Badu's interview. You'll see what I'm talking about. Yeah, she's uh, so it's on YouTube. I, I felt like um, I, I hope Jay Z and Beyonce don't even respond to all the people they have never the backlash. They likely won't. Yeah, so I they say. never respond. <laughs> yeah. but she, she stopped doing interviews a long time ago. Mm-hmm. The, you know what? You know what? The beehive, the beehive, gonna handle her. Oh yeah, no, They're I believe take no. Her down righteously. No, I, I believe that. <laughs> um, next, I wanted to ask y'all a question. The cast members. Mm-hmm. Wait. Have y'all did y'all see the um, performance? The halftime performance. I'll, I'll be honest. This was the first ever Super Bowl performance that I've I've never seen. I, okay. I haven't seen really? it at, any of it. Well, I asked Krista, did it. you see it? I didn't see it. Well, I think you should. A lot of reports after, but I think you should see it because they did a concoction. I'm gonna use the word concoction mm-hmm. of Afrobeat, mm-hmm. uh, like. Um, bachata, like they went through different, but it was a strong um, variation of, uh, I would say, copy of 
like they added like an African culture dance to it. Like mm-hmm. I was just I like, I did hear that she presented Shakira Sabrinet presented Afro Colombian culture. Yeah, she yeah. did well and yeah. really gave Afro Colombians because really. what but a lot of people know like, like right now they're they're being killed. Yeah, right. a lot of Afro Colombians are being murdered right now. So, so yeah, and yeah. So, I mean it was. I thought it was a beautiful performance. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I thought it was. It was entertaining and political at the same yeah, time. Yeah, I, I agree. made a lot of major statements. Yeah, you know, and different things like that. And I think that, um, you know, yeah. And I did. I didn't. Not only. And then I read some places where people were like, "Oh, their outfits were skimpy," and all of this kind of stuff. And I'm like, when have has anybody known J Lo and Shakira not to show their bellies? Or their, or their legs. Or their I mean, that's, that's what they do. That's expected. That's that's what they were paid. You know, they when they signed the dotted line, the NFL knew exactly what they were the type of show they yeah. were going to get. Again, and I think everybody needs to chill out. Right. Yeah. And and, and yeah, really? that's what I'm saying because nobody said anything. Like you know, nobody said anything when Alan, Alan uh, when Adam Levine Adam Levine took his, took shirt, his off. shirt off and was thrusting. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I didn't see that Super Bowl. That yeah, Super Bowl, uh, no, hey, <laughs> halftime either. You, the only good thing that came out of that was Big Boy and um, oh yeah, and the hip hop scene. <laughs> Maroon Five sucked, but this year it was I a mean, sound issue. Don't don't blame them. It was an everything <laughs> issue. <laughs> the Black Choir coming out, it was just crazy. That was terrible. But this year, I mean. I really enjoyed it, and I think yeah. you, as a dancer, Crystal, yeah. would would really appreciate the work they put in it. The dancers, and and they did a little segment where it was like salsa. And, yeah, they did and everything. It, it, it's like they brought their culture out. Like mm-hmm. they really, really, really brought it out. And I, I was like, hooray, because I I feel like Spanish people are our cousins anyway. Yeah. So I ain't got no beef with nobody. Well, they are. We they all are. related. We all related. <laughs> Yeah. We Research like, the slave yeah. trade. You'll find all the information you need. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Last but not least, uh, and of course I'm keeping it music, I don't feel Demi Lovato was the best. You know, I got to give it to Whitney Houston on, a, you know, singing the Star Spangled Banner. But when I heard it, I just was like, oh. So whenever y'all get a chance out there, y'all listen to it. Y'all tell us what you think because... Some of the comments I've seen, they gave her way too much credit. <laughs> I did see a thing floating around asking, did Demi Lovato's Star Spangled Banner or National Anthem performance top Whitney Houston? I was like, first of all, why are you doing that? Right. Like, why are you even comparing? You cannot. And secondly, what you're not about to do is. Right. That part. <laughs> not Auntie Whitney. No, you're not. Right. Thank you. Because let me tell you something. Whitney went up there and had no makeup. She had a scarf Sweaty on and, and a windbreaker. Right. And she went up there, did her job, and left with Bobby. Okay? <laughs> wow. That was so cool. I mean, I literally had visuals. Right, right. <laughs> left with Bobby. She yeah. was like, we out. We out. <laughs> deposit tomorrow. <laughs> no, actually, she had the deposit before she got Right, there. yeah. You right. <laughs> well. Well. Anything? I, I don't have anything to contribute this week, man. I okay. really don't. I just want everybody to know, y'all need to chill out. Yes, relax. <laughs> Everybody's I so mean, sensitive. really, don't, stop being so sensitive about everything. And, um, you know, stop being the person to agitate stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Didn't your grandmother say, if you don't have anything nice to say, then what? Don't say it at all. Okay. Mm, but sometimes you got Rant over. <laughs> On that note, we're going to take a short break and we're going to come back for a one, one-time one interview with Krista. We'll be yes. right back. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> Taste Test Live is a fully syndicated podcast and is on podcast services or wherever you listen to your podcast. Taste Test Live is supported by listeners like you. If you enjoy the show, then head over to tastetest.live and click the button that says Patreon. There you can learn how you can help and get some perks for your support. If you're unable to support Taste Test Live financially, then share the show. Tell your friends about it and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast service. I really enjoy sharing this podcast with you and producing it every week. 
Thank you so much for listening. Welcome back to Taste Test Live. I'm Damian Lamar here in the studio with MJ Baker, Blue Francois, and the lovely Krista Fatumata Silla. (laughs) Is it Fatumata? Fatumata. Oh, girl. Let me tell you why I was calling you. Uh oh. Krista Fuqua. Ooh. I put some French on it. You really did. I put some French on it. I, I like just that. was like, you know what? But that's that's the the ignorance of not asking. <laughs> or reading, reading is fundamental, you know. Oh, I mean, wow. Yeah, that seems no, like you I just skip some syllables. That's there. what. Yeah, that's what yeah. you know when you make up your own. <laughs> <laughs> you just say, "Hey, she Christopher Qua," <laughs> and I was saying to people. Christopher Quad, the one who got the African dance true girl, y'all know what y'all talking about. Ooh, they used to be like, <gasps> whoa, MJ, not <laughs> and you. Then, and then she went and said it. So did you, she I didn't just I, say I, it to herself. She went and said it. At least she's being honest with her yeah. butchering right. your name. Right. Because <laughs> you, while about we were on this subject, you know a lot of people really don't pronounce your name properly. Right. So. No, people don't pronounce Crystal properly, which is the oddest thing ever. Really? I have grown up with this. I've been Crystal, Christy. Christopher. Oh, not Christopher. Literally one time, the principal of my middle school was calling out people who received awards. And, you know, you want your name said, right? Right. She read my name, Christopher. Like, she didn't even look. And I don't know why. Krista is so simple. I think that people's minds should say, yeah. it's got to be more. So let me just add. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there must be more than this. Christina. I'm like, are you looking at this? Yeah, like yeah, and she's an educator. So it's right. Mm. Yeah, mm. this is not new for me mm. <laughs> to go through with a name like Krista. Amazing. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's so. so wow. Again, before we took a break, we we talked about how well we all admired you. Yes. And, yes. Um, I, I I've just been. I'm upset with myself a little bit, primarily because we haven't asked you to be on this show like. <laughs> In forever, you know, when Shawanda was on a couple weeks ago, she said it was show two thirty-five or something. And she just, you know, <laughs> she finally got an invitation after show two two thirty-five, and I'm like, okay. Oh wow! So we apologize for taking so long to get you behind it's that mic. Fine. <laughs> yeah. So there's a bunch of things that you are, that you do, mm-hmm. in this town. Like when I think with West African dance. Mm-hmm. There's a term called top of mind marketing. Mm-hmm. West African dance, all, all of a sudden, I think of you. Like uh-huh. You're the first person that comes to my mind when mm-hmm. I see West African dance or Yoruba or mm-hmm. different words that are synonymous with West African culture. Mm-hmm. Why is that? What have you done well, to us? <laughs> um, you know, I don't really, I can't really pinpoint one thing that was done. I just know that I, I came here, I joined a troupe. And I was learning from there. And then I felt like I wanted to share, not necessarily that at that time I felt like it was time to be a teacher teacher, but I thought like the more I put this out there, then the better it'll be for me. Um, Because when you teach, you learn twice, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So I was not, actually I was really resistant to, you could not have told me when I started the classes back in 2003, mm, 2002, I <laughs> that it was going to be here because I was resistant to all that. I was like, no, I'm just going to, I did the classes through Duval County uh, Community Education. So, you where, know, where were they at? Terry Parker High School. Okay, okay. And, um, you know, I just, I did that to have the space. So I was like, well, if I do it this way, then I get the space. And then the rate that they paid, I was like, I'll just turn that over to the drummers. And that's what I did. Like every time they gave me the paycheck, I just gave it to the drummers. Um, I just, that's all I wanted at first. I was like, nope, I just want to do this. And I want to share with people. I want to let them know where African dance is in this area. And of course, there wasn't a lot in this area. So we were referring them to, um, you know, African dance community in Gainesville and in Tallahassee. So I thought it was just going to stay there. But then, you know, we had more and more people interested. So we started to rent our own space down at the Scottish Rite Masonic Lodge on 6th Street, (laughs) 6th and Main. So then we moved there. And I don't know, it just it, and then it just kept going. And I still was like, I don't want, I don't want no troop. I don't want, I don't want. <laughs> and then next thing I know, there we are. So debut performance was at World of Nations, two thousand five. 
I was there. Wow. I believe I saw that performance too. (laughs) Because it was different for me. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, for, I think for, for Jacksonville, because we, we, we talk about this a lot when we talk to a a lot of different guests, we talk about how Jacksonville seems like it's in its infancy stage Mm -hmm. in reference Mm -hmm. to culture and entertainment and music. Well, I actually can't say music because music has been, but like culture Mm -hmm. and, and world-class experiences with like, we seem like we're just starting or we just experienced that, you know, Mm -hmm. and, at that time, we did just experience mm-hmm. West African dance on mm-hmm. that scale. Mm-hmm. And for you, I mean, what, well over close to 20 years now, mm-hmm. still changing the lives. And I, <laughs> I I mean, when I say lives like babies, I mm-hmm. see three and four year olds going off, hair slinging. <laughs> I mean, like letting loose on stage. It's amazing to see. Mm-hmm. So uh, what what it really inspires you to actually dance? Like why? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's that's a very loaded question. Mm. Um, I cannot sit still. Number one, that's just me personality. Okay, that's, that's the answer, right? Right. There. I can't. <laughs> I can't sit still. And when I think back, even though I took all these different educational directions initially, I feel like you always come back to what has been divinely put on your head. Yeah. So you know, however, whatever concept you believe in, you know, for us in Ifa, your destiny is in your ori. So, and then you have, you know, the Orisha, you have God as Oludumare, you know, whatever your destiny is, you either you're going to come to a kicking and screaming or you're going to just walk into it. And so no matter all these other directions that I was taking, I still came back to when I was a little girl and was literally making shows in my head. Mm -hmm. So I would Mm -hmm. hear music and just get lost to the point my mother would get mad with me because we'd be riding in the car and I would just be face out the window, just gone. But she didn't realize I was absorbing all the music and I was seeing the costumes and the choreography. So when I when I really step back and look at it, I've been doing this for a long time. It was already written. Yeah. But I did all these other things because, oh, you need this education. You can't do that. Right. You've got to do this. Uh, I, I didn't really think of ever pursuing an art career for a long time. I, I just didn't see it. I was like, oh, no, I have to go do this other stuff. Like, I was even in school for physical therapy at one time, you know, and then I had a former career as a massage therapist. (laughs) I've lived a lot of lives in this one life. That's good. um, But you found it's a path. Right. But I always always was dancing, but it was, like, outside. Mm -hmm. But what I realized is I was obsessed with that. So when I worked in a physical therapy clinic, they would catch me if I went to go get a heating pad, coming back down the hallway dancing. And they'd be like, what is this? What what are you doing? Sorry, y'all caught me. In a move, so <laughs> call, call me in a move. Call me in a move. Sorry, I was choreography. Yeah. So, um, it's always been there, and I just I feel like I almost stumbled slash got thrown into the path, and it was like y'all ancestors, like you playing, get over here. Yeah. Get over here. Yeah. There's work to be done. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you've infused it. So that's your why. You can't help it. Yeah. You can't pretty stay much. still. Okay. <laughs> So you, you've, you've trickled down into education. Mm-hmm. So you, your involvement with Douglas Anderson School of the Arts, mm-hmm. Jacksonville Center of the Arts. Mm-hmm. I've seen you involved with uh, La Villa School of the Arts. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, I was with Cathedral Arts Project for 13 years as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah absolutely. <laughs> That's right. So you, you pretty much are a person that passes on. You, mm-hmm. passes, you pass on the torch mm-hmm. to young people. How do you know, do, do people come to you and say, oh, I want to dance or I want to dance like you? I don't, have I gotten that? Now, I've gotten that a little bit for other reasons when I was a Zumba instructor. Um, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, like why can't we move um, our hips like you? <laughs> yeah, it was usually that area of the body. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I, can't, I can't get my body to do that. Right, how did your booty do that? Right. Yeah, that's, um, <laughs> that's more adult. has nothing to do with children. <laughs> Disclaimer. Um, it, you know, it's part, it's really quintessential to African culture, the idea of legacy and hierarchy, hierarchy and passing things on. So I'm not really doing anything if I'm not passing it on. Mm-hmm. There's a number of these traditions that if we don't, talk about them and we don't pass them on they're literally going to disappear yeah. and if we look around we have ancient languages that are disappearing now yeah. like they're just not there anymore 
Um, recently, I read an article by an African scholar, and he was saying why it's important to write in Yoruba with all the tones and with all the markings on the Internet because mm. those things are being lost, you know, and pretty soon with everything going so digital, we won't have a representation of what the Yoruba language was, you know. So it's really important to continue to put these rhythms with their names, with their reason, with their regions, with their reasons for dancing them into the youth. Like that's just super important. So I think the educational aspect came from one, I think I've just always kind of naturally been an information person. Mm -hmm. So I like to document. Like when I was younger, I had, I still do, a number of journals. You know, this is my gratitude journal. This is my this journal. This is my this journal. So I've always been fascinated with compiling information. And when you're teaching traditional dances, you have to because they all have a different meaning and they all come from different ethnic groups that need to be honored. You know, you need to talk about the people and why they did this dance. Mm -hmm. So the educational educator aspect comes sort of with this traditional dance walk. Like you can't really get around it. That's interesting. So I've, I've seen several different types of, uh, of dance mm -hmm. through education, several different, there's a broad spectrum mm -hmm. of dance techniques that you right. use. And I've seen them at the Ritz. For mm -hmm. instance, I have, I was looking through my phone and I saw some videography <laughs> of a few pieces that I saw you do recently. Mm -hmm. How do you research this? Like, where do you find this stuff? <laughs> it, it's constant. Um, I traveled a lot, you know, mm -hmm. for a long time and also made sure that I was getting in the face, you know, of these people that I wanted. So it was all about forming relationships. Mm -hmm. Like, even with this, you have to be able to form relationships. For a long time, I spent a long time on the road between here and Gainesville. I was always in Gainesville at University of Florida because one of my teachers was teaching there. Mm -hmm. um, through that relationship with him, when he brought a whole batch of new um, younger drummers from the continent over, that was in 2006, then because I was right in Jacksonville, he called me and said, hey, sometimes they're sitting here, they don't have work, so if you have anything, let me know. I will bring them over to Gainesville so they can start working with you. We are still working with one of those drummers now. He's a he's our main drummer. Mm, That's Abu Bakar wow. Sumer from Guinea, West Africa. Yeah. So, you know, the relationships, it, it really, it's very family-oriented. You know, we have a dancer who lives in Tallahassee may call me and say, hey, such and such is there in the hospital. You know, she's kind of afraid. Do you mind going to sit with her? Now, she could tell me that it's a dancer. I may not know that dancer, but I know she's in our Afro dance family. Mm -hmm. And I'll say, sure, yeah, I got time. I'll go sit with her. And then when I get there, oh, it's you. And I really may not know who she is until I see her face and know that I've seen her at the dance conferences. But it's still like, oh, this is my sister. I'm here. Um, a number of times the drummers have been coming through Jacksonville to fly out from the airport. They'll leave their cars with me, you know, or they'll yeah. come here and I'll give them a ride or I'll pick them up. You know, so it's it's very family. And through those relationships, you really get the deeper aspects of the culture. And then you get all those conversations with the elders where you get the history because Google is not necessarily reliable. I mean, it's yeah. I mean, it's an okay place to start, but there's right. nothing like sitting down <laughs> with the people yeah. and hearing it from their mouth. From their perspective, yeah. Mm -hmm. So we talked about... Uh, how you started, mm -hmm. why you why you love what you do, <laughs> the educate the educational aspect of it. But mm -hmm. there is this cool thing about you that everybody notices. Oh Lord, you are <laughs> uh, spiritually in tuned, mm -hmm. um, a guide, and people sense it. People sense your wisdom. Do they? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I just be talking. I know. <laughs> and, and, and guess what? And they just be listening, <laughs> right? So, um, so like. Obviously, without divulging too much or share mm -hmm. with share with us what you feel like we need to know for, about you, the mystique of oh, uh, the mystique God. aspect of you. <laughs> um, well, I was always strange. Um, I didn't really know why. You know, I was having these what you call mystical experiences from the time when I was younger, but not really feeling like I had anyone to talk to them about. Um, I mean, I can think back as long as I can remember, maybe like five or six years old. You know, seeing certain things and just kind of standing there like, nobody else sees this? Okay. Um, so it took a while. You know, my path took me all sorts of different directions before finally meeting a teacher. Um, I would say, yeah, this year would be 20 years ago. 
who really took me under his wing. Um, that was when I first had my natal astrological chart done. Before that, I'd already been exploring a bunch of other stuff on my own. Um, and he sat me down, he did the chart, and he was like, whoa, this is who you are. Okay, so sit right here. You're going to be learning with me. So I spent, I'm still, I still um, consult with him now, but I basically learned astrology and other forms of divination, because I consider astrology a form of divination, from like the old school way, like being in an elder's face. And it was 14 years under his tutelage before I took my first client. Um, and there was another um, other things that he taught me during that time, like from African-American hoodoo tradition. The only thing I did not get from him was um, a lot of the history as it relates to hoodoo and the links to Africa and how it is remnants of African traditions and cultural retention is really what built it. So, but as far as the hands-on practices, there's a lot of things that, you know, he was teaching me. Um, he was the first one to tell me like, listen, you are like a sponge. That's why you're picking up on everything. This is what you need to do your ground, to ground yourself. So as opposed to now, sometimes like I'll see younger people say stuff like, I know I just, Oh, I just get so overwhelmed because I just pick up all this energy and they wear it like this badge, you know, yeah. and he was the one like, look, that ain't good. That means you don't have no boundaries. Exactly. He didn't say it like that. He's Jamaican. So just picture with Jamaican accent. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but, you know, he he really taught me like grounding techniques and how to center myself so that I could really extrapolate all of this information that was coming in. Um, so from there. You know, I don't really know. So many things happened so naturally. Like, even the way that I came into Ifa, like, happened really naturally. You know, I just was around the people because of my, you know, associations with African dance. And then I think it was two days before one year I was going, traveling with my baby. At that that point, I had an under one-year-old at the time, um, who's now 15. Mm. Um, we were traveling to Oyotunji African Village in... South Carolina to see the crowning of the new Oba, and he is still the Oba now. And I was back and forth about whether or not I should go, and I had a dream of this Orisha. I did not recognize her because at that time I hadn't learned about her, but it was very, very vivid. And she came, and I just remember her persona, the colors, how she was speaking to me. She was speaking to me in Yoruba, but I did not understand her. There's something she wanted me to do. And I wouldn't do it. And I bucked back up at her and she clapped. <laughs> she said, oh. And then she flew away. So I woke up like, what is this? You know, oh. so I'm speaking to um, a priest friend of mine who was in the culture. And he told me, he was like, do you, what did you say she was wearing? So I told him, he said, you haven't learned about Oya? Because that's who that sounds like. So I went and read about her and I'm like, oh, my God, that really was her. That That was her. So from that dream, I said, let me get up to this village because <laughs> there's obviously something I need to absorb or see or something. And it still took a long time after that. So we fast forward to years later and me having my um, initial ceremony coming, really coming into Ifa. So more than a divination, more than a ritual, but me actually coming into it, the ceremony to receive my Eleke and come to find out that was my tutelary. So she is my head or what we call her parent, Orisha. So, yeah, oh, yeah, it's my parent, Orisha. Wow. But it came to me in a dream, like, a long time before that. It's like she, it's almost like she came, like, I'm going to test you. Yeah. All right, I like that. You're feisty like me. That's what I want. And then she went away. And then she flew away. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. There's so much more I would love to talk with you about. Like, I feel like there's, there's like a part two to this. Um, so, on the subject of spirituality mm. and music. Mm. Drums are a yes. major, major influence in West African dance. Mm -hmm. I recall one of my favorite, my first times meeting you, um, you were actually giving a dance class, and I believe it was at a community center in St. Augustine, right on the beach. You can look out the window and see St. Augustine Beach. Yeah, yeah. And uh -huh. it, That was an awesome place. That was a great, that was a great place. <laughs> really cool energy was there. Mm -hmm. And I remember just standing in and watching and watching you watching you do what you do and mm -hmm. watching people dance for hours mm -hmm. and 
one of your drummers handed me a drum. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he handed me a drum, and I'm like, okay, like Mr. Not Percussionist, like you know, I'm a wood, I'm a woodwind guy, I'm a vocalist, mm-hmm. like what I look like beating a drum, but that's different. And he handed me handed me the drum, and I owned it. It became mm-hmm. my drum mm-hmm. for that for that session. Mm-hmm. And I remember just getting caught, it's just getting lost mm-hmm. in the sound, getting lost in the beat. It was it was just being part. It was like we were all part of the dance we're part of the sound we're part of the energy we were all one living breathing organism Mm -hmm. in that one moment describe for me if you will from a dance perspective like when when that drum Mm -hmm. when you when that drum is right yeah (laughs) talk to us for a second about that i think that's how i knew that my path is going to be african dance because when i was younger my mother did try me in other forms of dance Mm. there was um a ballet recital and i just left I just, wow! I just walked off the stage. <laughs> That's so hilarious. She's like, you know what? No, ma'am. <laughs> but yet and still, I was still always like choreographing at the house. But I think it was the sound of the drums is really what kind of pulled me to that path. Mm-hmm. Um, different. There's so many different types of drums, and then what happens is they all go under this umbrella bongo. They're not bongos. Thank you. They all <laughs> have different names. Um, but they are communication tools, you know, mm-hmm. and whether it, whether it be that you're communicating something to the rest of your, you know, your family or to people that live near you in the village, you know, there may be a drum call that calls everybody to the center. Maybe a drum call that lets everyone know this procession or this event is going to call, it's going to start. Um, besides that, though, they're really seen as sacred communication tools with the spirit world because there's certain rhythms that are played to bring the spirits down. And so the drum is not, I mean, it's it's not to be beaten. Like when somebody says, beat the drum, that feels like, yeah. <laughs> you're abusing it. Yeah. You know, you're speaking with it. Mm-hmm. It's a language, mm-hmm. particularly, um, oh gosh, Yoruba bata, the bata drum. And what's really amazing is Cuba, the Cuban form of bata, it, it kind of kept the intricacies um, but you, you just don't hear anything like that. And it's a literal language. Mm-hmm. Like you're speaking, you know, when you're playing those drums. So, Wow. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. I think you need to talk more about it. But, <laughs> okay, so that's the drums. Yes. Why do you get caught up in the drum the way you do? I think there's, there's a number of metaphysical reasons, mm-hmm. you know, that I think would have a bit of a different explanation for each person. I do know, I definitely can feel when it's being played right because I will dance differently. That's what I mean. That's, yeah. that's the answer I'm hoping for right here, yeah. <laughs> but I can also feel when it's not being played right because uh-huh. then my womb hurts. Mm. Mm. <laughs> it's like everything balls up like, mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. Yeah. You know? constriction in your movement, constriction yeah. in your body. You're not able to be fluid mm-hmm. as, as necessary. And when you think about it, it's such a sacred connection between dancer and drummer. Um you know, if the drummer is going through something and he's not able to mm-hmm. really concentrate and play, we feel that. As the dancers, we can feel that. Other drummers playing with him can feel that. Mm-hmm. So you really are, like you were saying, your experience of us being one living, breathing organisms, that is exactly what happens in this art form. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's beautiful. That's I wanted beautiful. to tell you that, you that Krista was one of my first subjects in my photography journey. I was. Really? Yeah. Talk about yeah. let's talk about that for a second. <laughs> um I don't think I told her this, but she helped me to find like you remember when you were saying about she's that guy? Like she helped me to figure out and to design the type of photographer that I wanted to be. And I had to do that with her. Like oh, I had learn I, I was learning <laughs> wow. I was learning myself when I photograph her. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yeah. I think and those I are didn't, still some of my favorite pictures. Yeah, I didn't tell her that, but I think you he should didn't know. Tell, he didn't tell me. But um, no, I'm saying I didn't have to tell you because you should say, Wow, look where he's at now. Like and uh, I, st- I didn't oh, relate she that should to say me. That. Huh? She should say that? Yeah, you should say me. that. Because oh, okay. I started out now, I have a full-functioning high-volume photo- I mean photography studio. And I did pictures in your living room. Give them their voice now. You've come a long way, for real. You've come a long way. <laughs> no, but you know what I like about Krista? She 
acknowledges cultures in a way where you learn something. Like even with like me being Haitian and like like I'll share a conversation with like Overstreet and we'll say things like we'll you know, we'll speak Creole with each other, but we'll share our gripes when people kind of misconstrue mm-hmm. the information or like maybe sure. say, you know, but she'll educate people on her own. I'm like, wow, like she made a post the other day about voodoo. No, um, yeah. y'all, do y'all remember the color purple when they had like that African, like it was like they took people back to that little, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. in that moment, that was her like, you know, like she was having memories in her mind going back to that moment where she probably don't even remember she was very young, but at the at an older age, she can remember the, the drumming and, and going mm-hmm. back and you know, and, and, and me being Haitian, I don't have those moments, but there's there are times where I can remember when I was living in Haiti, like the, the sound of us celebrating and coming mm-hmm. together right. and so I can feel it I can't actually see it vividly but sometimes when I'm asleep or I can see myself being in the in the, um, in the country or looking at the mountains you know like when I was um, I was talking to um, Dilo Sekou I was telling him one day um, that in Haiti we have like natural resources of gold oil Mm-hmm. And like in the mountains, like we have actual gold in the mountains. And he was like, man, we should have a, I said, but you know, if I, if we was to have like a conversation about it publicly and stuff like that, I think that it would be something that would kind of like, you know, like, I'm not going to say, you know, put our lives in danger, but it'd be but something. The cat's out of the bag now. Literally, yeah, yeah no, but I'm saying like, the, you know, he's very, you know, he's very like, he's very like forced, you know, like he's, you know, he, he like when he, when he make a point, he makes a point. Mm-hmm. But. But the you know the reason why I was bringing it up is there's a lot of information that people don't know about Haiti. Like people mm-hmm. be like, why are they always talking about Haitian culture? Okay, okay, you know, of course they they say you know people don't realize that you know there was the revol- the revolution. Mm-hmm. Um, there was like the slave trade, and you know, and we garnered a a, a, a time in history where we gained our own independence, and in the midst of gaining our own independence. They said, hey, since you want to be independent, we're going to take away everything from you. Yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so a lot of people don't understand that, you know, when I say that I'm Haitian, I don't just say it because, okay, hey, I'm different. I just say it because it's like I represent something that I I had. It took me a long time to learn and understand. Like, you know, I, I remember I went to... Um, I went to Miami one time. They was like, "Hey, you should be trying to learn your own language." So it took me a while to to relearn and stuff like that because we was always taught, "Hey, don't you know, don't don't tell everybody you Haitian and mm-hmm. stuff like that." So when I see Krista post about culture in Africa, I mean, you know, you remember that my my my, my puka dance? Yes. And, uh, <laughs> I remember when that first came back out. Like it's a real twerking kind of dance, mm-hmm. real erotic and sensual. And, you know, and it, and it looks like twerking and people will be like, oh, twerking been around back in the, Af- and, you know, African days. Like they've been doing this, mm-hmm. you know, and I'll be like, oh, it ain't the same thing, but it's very, but it's very sensual and erotic. Mm-hmm. And so when, so when I seen that, it, you know, the first thing I thought about was, was, was Krista. I was like, oh, wow. You know, <laughs> now she don't do those kind of dances. Krista doesn't. Yes, I do. Oh, you do? <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know, but, you know, I, I just appreciate that she takes the time to educate people about, yeah. you know, not just showing people the art form, but just the history, yeah. like, you know, with voodoo and, and just like, you know, people think it's evil. But, you know, to me, my, my family, we didn't, you know, do it, but I've had cousins and uncles who would say like oh no we did that to protect our our, our village mm-hmm. from outsiders like kind of like the Wakanda story you yeah, know absolutely. Mm-hmm. like they did they did voodoo to protect them from evil spirits coming into the village and it was a a protective mechanism mm-hmm. to do voodoo it was like okay hey the spirits are coming let's pre- let's prepare ourselves but then you get to America and then you got New Orleans it's like oh voodoo is bad they do that to you know, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? I yeah, well, just be tele- like, television is, you know, the, the yeah. whole commercialization of all that. Yeah. And, just, and it, of course, they have to make anything coming from the first independent black nation <laughs> bad. Evil. look evil <laughs> so that you don't, you know, touch it. Like it's right. even our stories with, you know, what became African-American hoodoo. You know, at one time, root work, which was really just working with plants, was outlawed because, you know, we have when we look at the whole, you know, system of slavery and those that were brought over, the prized Africans to bring over, to purchase and bring over, were the ones that knew the land. You have to think about and knew how to work with plant life. Mm-hmm. So you have to think about what the intention was of these slave owners. So it was your herbalists and your farmers. Well, they also knew how to do things like take certain seeds from certain cotton plants to use as um, to use for a pregnancy termination. 
when an enslaved woman would be raped, because that's really what it was, Mm -hmm. by her slave master and she didn't have the baby. They figured out what they were doing. You know, they knew how to mix certain herbs to poison master. So root work was actually illegal, you know, for a while. So anything that is natural to us and decenters whiteness has to be considered bad. Right. You know, and um, I think we are going through a revolution right now. And I think it's an ancestral call. I think that's exactly what it is. And we're bringing people back through popular music like Afrobeat. And a lot of times people don't look deeper into it. You know, they're listening to the songs and they'll brag about it. Like, oh, yeah, I listen to this. I listen to DeVito. I listen to Burner Boy. But then if I say something like, well, yeah, well, Yoruba this, like, what's that? (laughs) What's Yoruba? (laughs) I'm like, you're going to act like that is so difficult to say when you're literally, that's the language you've been listening to in this song. So even with Nankama, when we decided to present Afrobeat classes, I intentionally sought out um, through the assistance of Afrobeat Elite Jacks, sought out a young Nigerian dancer. And, you know, I asked, I asked the head of him, head of Afrobeat Elite Jacks, can you please ask them if they know how to put stuff in a context to teach? And so we ended up with this young man from Bielsa State, Nigeria, Theophilus Omanabo. Mm, he's dope. And, um, yeah, he really is. And I, and I thought it was, I thought it was really important that when you cannot have Africa without the Africans. So that's number one. And I think it's really important that if he's not part of the conversation, it needs to lead the conversation to me, right. but at least be part of the conversation. And so we kind of took him on like, you know, a little brother and watched him grow into teaching because before that he, you know, he was just dancing around the city. He just loves dancing. He does not stop moving. He danced and played soccer and was in school for engineering. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, that was really, really significant to me. And even when I let some of my students, you know, whether it be at DA or Jacksonville Center of the Arts, play with this music. I try to bring them back to translations of the lyrics. Because what a lot of people don't realize, besides the, there's two Afrobeat songs that everyone clings to, which is fine, you know, they're catchy. That's Joanna. Joanna. <laughs> ah, ah. <laughs> by Afrobeat. And there's Fall by DeVito. Now, at this point, I'm kind of like, if I hear them songs one more time. Right. You know, <laughs> but... They talk about things that a lot of popular American music is used to talking about. So being in love with somebody, that's fall. Money fall on you, you know. I wish you the best. I want to give you everything because I'm so in love with you. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Joanna is talking about, you know, this girl that's so fine and, oh, my God, I want you so bad. Why are you teasing me? You know, so this is is stuff that we're used to. But when you get into some of these other, some of this other music, like music by Brunner Boy, Mm -hmm. the one that's on the Lion King soundtrack, Jada A., yeah, the my, lyrics my are so profound. Yeah, um, there's another song by Olamide. Olamide mm-hmm. happens to be my Yoruba name. Oil and gas. And it's catchy and you want to dance to it. But when you get to the translation of the lyrics, they're protesting what is going on with oil right. and oil tycoons in Nigeria. Mm-hmm. You know, and actually speaking people's names yeah. and speaking against them. So mm-hmm. I try to make sure that my students know that part. Like, don't just dance to it know what's going on. You know, we have um, artists right here in the city while everyone's on this Afrobeat wave. We have artists right here in the city that are Nigerian and they're creating this music. Yeah. Um, there's a set of twins in Ifa, we call them Ibeji. There's an Orisha. It's, we consider them one Orisha, but it's twins. Okay, so they're twins. They're Yoruba twins, the identicals. And they just released some new music and they just had a performance at... Afrobeat Elite Jax's um, event on, at the end of the month. Yes. <laughs> I did the album cover. Yeah. Oh, wow. you did that. Yeah, I'm connected. That's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. the community. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So, um, you know, we've got them. And then there is um, Bigger Boy. I don't think he lives here anymore, but he just produced that this wonderful video release mm-hmm. event also at Cuba Libre for his that song Body. That was dope. So the, the producer, Bangers, is local. So this yeah, music Haitian. is also being made. Yeah. And the, the music is, is being made right here, you know? So mm-hmm. That's beautiful. This is <laughs> wonderful. Yeah, this is good. I love that you know so much about your culture. And I mean, like, and I feel like you should give a master class. Oh, wow. <laughs> on, on understanding black culture. I mean, yeah. really. Um, and the, and the, your heritage, the importance of understanding the, your heritage. Mm-hmm. Not just I'm black and I'm coming from yeah. America, but, you know. It's important. And for yeah. a lot of us, of course, it's difficult for us to find 
mm-hmm. um, the exact links. But I say, like, as an uh, as an artist, especially as a teaching artist, I think it's really important to know what your message is and have something to say, you know, not just right. dance. And so everything I do is centered on negritude and is centered on the showing the unification and the variety of blackness all over the world. Mm-hmm. And so if, if you can start there, you know, you can be led to finding out what your exact heritage is. There's a lot more records that are stored out here than we think, you know, when you start that walk. And for me, divination had already said I was Yoruba, but then I ended up with the, the papers. Right, the and this, of course, is, this is my maternal line, but we inherit mo- most of our DNA from the maternal line. Mm-hmm. We don't talk about that much, but we do. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much again. Thank you. It's really, really appreciated. Thank we you appreciate your time. Me. And this has been a wonderful, fabulous Black History lesson. <laughs> yes, it has. Given to us by Krista Fatumata Silla. <laughs> yeah. I am honored to be yeah. in your presence and we look forward to uh, more. Can you take a quick moment and tell everybody, like, some links, what activities you have coming up sure. or you're a part of? Sure. Um, right now, Nankama, we have our open Afro dance classes every Tuesday evening and Thursday evening. Tuesday evenings at 6.15, we have Capoeira Angola, which is taught by Mestre Scott Grimes. Um, he's a pretty private guy. He's not on any social media. <laughs> so you can get to him through us. You can get to class through us. Um, but he's the only one in Jacksonville that teaches the Angola form. A lot of the forms that we see of Capoeira are the Haitianal form. But he really keeps that Angola style, which is very, very close to the African style. Um, so he does that Tuesdays. And then at 7.30, we have Afrobeat. And then on Thursdays, we have stretching conditioning. This is the first time we've brought this publicly. We have stretching conditioning at 6.15. And then at 7, we have the West African traditional. And that's with the drums. Um, we tend to have community workshops on the second and fourth Saturdays. We are not doing that this month just because we're going to be so busy performing mm-hmm. because of, um, you know, African-American History Month. So you can get to us on Instagram at Jax. That's N-A-N-N-K-A-M-A-J-A-X. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Fatu, F-A-T-O-U underscore Silla, S-Y-L-L-A. If you like what you heard and are interested in being on Taste Test Live, head over to our website at tastetest.live and fill out the form on our contact page. Please follow us on social media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Taste Test Radio.